Well, hello there, my How to Wowers. Welcome to another pop-up edition of How to Wow with the legendary documentary maker this time, Louis Theroux, who joined us earlier this week for a half-an-hour chat about his new book, Theroux, The Keyhole, Diaries of a Grounded Documentary Maker. I have never received more post-show texts and emails and messages, considering I don't have a phone, but via other people's, about an interview. Um, since I've been in this for a living. People love this. Only half an hour. Um, enjoy the go while it lasts. But first, every morning, Tash, my wife and I go scoop da loop with one heap scoopful of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy, recovery, immunity, and digestion. Deep seaweed green, like nature itself. This eye candy concoction takes just a few seconds, like no more than five or six, okay, ten tops, to prepare and taste absolutely gorgeous. And so, here's how you can get yours. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash howtowow and join health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash howtowow. Okay, and don't forget slash howtowow because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given howtowow listeners. A free year's supply of vitamin D and five travel-free packs today to take with you on the go. Once again, Athletic greens.com slash don't forget how to wow all right here's 30 minutes that will fly by 30 minutes of absolute conversational gold with myself and louis theroux good morning can you hear me all right yeah i can come in one two testing one two two yeah good good it's working for me is it working for you yeah yeah i love this we're we're keeping the lockdown alive (laughs) right it would be like those japanese generals in the indonesia you know they were found in the philippines in the 70s they didn't think the second world war was over they didn't believe anyone i don't believe it it's still surging there's variants out there um louis your book is fantastic mate well done it's so funny it's it's so surprised very candid it's very yeah. vulnerable uh, it's gorgeous is it safe to say that march 17 to 2020 to march 17 2021 was your most alcoholic year to date definitely no question no contest and it's and what was it'll be one thing you know because i'm comparing it with student years but the difference here of course was that 90 percent of the alcohol was consumed in the kitchen Sometimes while hiding from the family, you know, right. sort of sneaking little and, and mid, you know, on Mondays and Tuesdays, like the sort of non-drinking days of the week. But that was how that was how I managed my mental health. Um, it turns out, and um, and you know, that it's a temptation to say like I was drinking too much, which I definitely was, but by choice, right? I had decided that that was what I was going to do. So um, and that went, and 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 discover. I think part of it was discovering bourbon. I don't know. Do you? I don't know how much of a drinker you are these days, Chris. But yeah. whether have you ever tippled with bourbon? Yeah, I have tippled with bourbon, and you got to be careful with bourbon and whiskey because they do have this really seductive allure over yeah. you if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah it's not like oh, I'm going to go up. I'll, I'll bring a little glass of red wine with me. It's not that. Yeah. You have a slug of bourbon before bed, and it it, it it's you're playing havoc. Your day, you're basically you're, you're juggling with with fire. And and you will feel it the next morning, so so pr- proceed with caution on that. 
Well, I think the thing with whiskey and bourbon, I'm not sure this is a conversation we, we, we're going to have, but um, you can still taste it in the morning on your tongue. And it's funny because when you have other drinks, you know, something's happened um, inside you and you know you've had a drink, but it doesn't, you know, you, you, it, your mouth tastes like the bottom of a birdcage. The thing about bourbon and whiskey yeah. is it tastes like you've just drunk it when you wake up. And that's, yeah. that's where it becomes a little bit dangerous. Yes, you feel highly flammable the next morning that like you've been <laughs> marinated, you know what I mean, in gasoline. Uh, but on the book, and, and with respect, so you, and you mentioned that the book was vulnerable, and thank you for that. Like, it's definitely, I was trying, my, my, my intention was to try and be as figuratively naked, but, you know, as possible, to try and confess to my, my most undignified side, and and there was plenty of that in lockdown for sure. You know, as a sort of dad to a to three boys, as a husband to a wonderful wife. But definitely, I was the lowest on the totem pole in the in, on the family front. And you know, I wanted to sort of make myself an object of of study in a way. You know, having been deprived of my normal journalistic feeding grounds by being you know unable to fly. You know, I had three projects more or less mothballed at the beginning of of lockdown. I thought, well, I, I need to sort of feed on something as a sort of object of inquiry and, 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 and then found myself and family life uh, as a sort of subject of interest. And that really comes across because, you know, now you sort of know, sort of know, not completely know, but you sort of know what it's like to be Theroud. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's a kind of mixed experience. I think the hardest part, I'm willing, this is my... Um, this is my job, right? I, and to some extent, as I've got, I used to be precious about being in the public eye. And, you know, going back years when I did When Louis Metz about people like, well, Jimmy Savile and uh, Paul Daniels. And I used to think, oh, well, I need to be invisible. I can't have a profile. I, I, so I didn't do much in the way of press. I didn't do much in the way of self-revelation. And, and then as time went on, I, I sort of crept out from behind the screen gradually. And now I'm sort of flinging myself in, in the eyeline of the public saying, you know, here it is. This is what I am. I don't have many secrets. I don't have, you know, I, I basically my vices are probably the obvious ones of, you know, drinking too much and being an insensitive man in various respects. But I think that uh, owning up to that is a public service of a sort. At least that's what I've persuaded myself. For my family, you know, I think the ones where I've had to prune back the material is more to do with preserving some sort of privacy for my family and, and my wife. Yeah, and it's, you know, I didn't notice that, by the way. It doesn't come across like that because I don't know what you left out, but it's, uh, it's a right riveting read. Um, Thank and you. you were, many things, I like, I like the way that these that certain revelations sort of, they sort of creep out and they slowly unfold. And then I was saying this to Bass and Rachel earlier on, that your observations are quirky, they're funny. Um, but, you know, on every single page, because every single day from March 17, 2020 to 2021 is here in this diary, um, so there's a reminder that sort of, it, it makes you uh, feel a little bit sick inside or, or whatever, maybe like, oh God, yeah, I remember that happening. I remember yeah. that moment, you know, yeah. and you talk about your first panic buy uh, in the co-op in an aisle when you met Catering Dad. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, I, he had he had enormous um, packets of uh, pasta. He was a dad at my because I, I have three boys, fifteen, thirteen, and and uh, seven as they are now. But the little one was five at the time, 
going back a long way, aren't we? This is March 2020. And it was that weird feeling of, 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 of if you can cast your mind back, of what, 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 what's going on here? What, you know, yeah. it's on the news, the government saying, don't go into work. We weren't quite in lockdown, but it was suggested that, you know, it's sort of like this feeling of a gathering storm. And it felt slightly unreal because none of us knew anyone in the UK at that time who was ill because it hadn't really hit our shores. It was just in the offing. And there was a sort of weird sort of free song of excitement about it. Like, oh, this is all different. This is kind of, you know, a bit like at school when, a, a, you know, an alarm would go off and you, you didn't think, oh, we're all going to be burned down. You thought, oh, wow, the lesson's been disrupted. You know, we're all going to have to march out and, and something different is going on. But with so when, when Catering Dad, he had his van and there was, everyone's sort of swapping bits of intel about what's happening and he he had a van with lots of packet, huge packets of pasta. So I bought an enormous sort of, almost like a kind of sack of coal-sized bag of pasta that lasted me for about two months and made yeah. me feel very smug as the thing as the whole weeks went by and it turned out this was as serious or maybe even more serious yeah, than anyone imagined. And I was there with my kind of like black market rations of of pasta, of penne pasta by the bin. All load. right. Uh, so, so you look at yourself as a subject in the book, um, and but also you still study your craft, and you were a very, a very early adopter of Tiger King, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I watched it probably at the same time everyone else, which was again probably first few weeks of lockdown. But the difference was that I had spent uh, ten days living more or less with Joe Exotic back in 2011. So I had this weird double effect of. This is an enjoyable and outlandish program. And also, I know half these people and recognize many of the locations. And also, that one of the things I confessed to in the diary is that he, Joe had hosted us in, in 2011 at, at a rather sumptuous barbecue. And I remember at the time being thought, wow, these are great cuts of meat, you know. He's really giving us a slap-up meal. How nice of him. You don't often get hosted in, that, in such a high style by a contributor that you're filming with. And then when I watched Tiger King... I saw that actually he, one of them, John Rinky, uh, Joe's friend, confesses that they would use reclaimed expired meat from Walmart and feed it to customers and, and also sometimes eat it themselves. So I'm fairly sure that the barbecue I had at Joe's was expired meat from Walmart. Not exactly <laughs> what I wanted to learn. But, you know, in, and, but the Tiger King thing was a viral phenomenon, right? And the striking thing about looking back is, you know, this term of virality in a time of when we were going through a, a virus, you know, and, and the virality, you know, one of the obvious, if I can get deep on it, I know you like Chris, you're a thoughtful and deep thinker, but you, what struck me about the whole pandemic was that the act, actually it was almost a side effect of a, of, of a, of a kind of greater virality of interconnectedness and that in, in, in suffering and struggling and then enjoying aspects of lockdown, that we were all victimized in different ways, not just by the virus, but also by things like, global warming by tech like tech is a theme in the book yeah. the way in which our apps and our phones are increasingly controlling us and and so i'm trying i suppose i'm trying to make a greater point you know as we emerge from the coronavirus and sort of return to normal for me the takeaway is actually let's not forget that we are in different ways still enduring and struggling um a kind of uh, you know what is a side effect of um the the sort the kind of the human condition as it exists in 2021 
Am, am I making any kind of sense? No, completely making sense. I mean, I'm here still in self-isolation, you know, yeah. and you're talking about, you know, there is the virus, there is COVID-19, but, you know, we live in a viral world now more than ever. And, you know, there are many strands to this viral sitar, if you like, um, yeah. and they're ongoing. And, and this is where we live. And as the Second World War and wars that have gone before accelerate um, research, development, evolution, whatever that might be, this has done the same thing from a, a, from a viral point of view yeah big time and also that you know that we you know we've copped you know, the, the summit going on or just finishing up obviously we're more conscious now about global warming but this the machines i'm worried about the machines like what, what struck me in lockdown was how we were we all relied so much on laptops phones apps um different kinds of software but the ways in which they were um not just, you know, we were using them, but they were using us. Not, I don't want to sound like all well, techno kind of neo-Luddite and, and paranoid, but I don't think there's any doubt that um, we've become interdependent with machinery in a way that is is kind of, ir ir to some extent, irreversible, right? I don't see us getting off that anytime soon, and, and which has effects that we haven't really fully gamed out and understood. And, and, and so that's, I suppose, uh, um, part of part of the, uh, the 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 way we live now and something we need to figure out there, there's my i mean i didn't say that in a very technical way but that that's the way it is isn't it yeah, that doesn't worry me so much from um, a philosophical point of view, purely because, you know, motorways aren't going anywhere soon, you know, um, and they caused a similar kind of issue when they were first around, as, as did the bicycle from one village to the next. But this is just the way we are, isn't it? That's right. But motorways, as we've discovered, have contributed to global warming. And, yeah. and I don't mean to, I'm not being, a, with the term Cassandra, I'm not being saying, oh, the sky okay. is falling. But isn't yeah. it, I just find it really interesting how, where, wherever we go for, from now, um, it will be fascinating, you know, whether it's the metaverse or whether it's, you know, this idea of people living in Sims. I'm aware I've, I've veered us off into a kind of techno <laughs> conversation, but Elon yeah. Musk during that, well, I used to amuse myself by listening to Elon Musk on Joe Rogan's podcast right. and him talking about, you know, we, we may already be li living in a sim and the idea of us uh, inhabiting some sort of virtual reality that we don't even, that we don't even know that we're in. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't keep me up at night. I just find it an intriguing prospect. I'd love to see you with Elon Musk for a week or two. That'd be amazing. I'm sure you'd love that too, wouldn't you? He'd be number one, I think. He, you know, yeah. when you think about dream he's the man at the candidate, moment. he's like a figure from a Marvel comic, isn't he? he well, he's the real the Iron Man, isn't he? He's Iron Man with a touch of Doc Ock. You know, he's Iron Man is is the hero side, but he might also be one of those villains who's um, who who, who by night uh, has been ingested by his machinery. You know, his new idea is brain chips. We're all going to have brain chips. I don't think he's. We're going to be forced to have them, but. That sort of cognitive enhancers that enhancements that turn us into androids. And his point is that we're already androids because we rely so much on our phones. Half our brains exist now. We're interdependent with our phones in a way that makes us androids. So I'll give him an approach. Have you ever interviewed him? No, I haven't come close, but I am completely fascinated by him. Completely. I'm consumed with him. Goes up in a rocket ship. He flame he 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 invented a kind of flamethrower, I think. I love every aspect of him. Um, well, from a sort of journalistic uh, point of view, I find it totally intriguing. Same age as you, I think. It's, he probably would be, yeah. I think he's it's, a, it's scary yeah. when you look around at people who've achieved 
Like worth what is it worth a hundred billion? And I think like, where have I I've done something wrong? I, it's so funny. I, if you go back further, it gets even worse with Elon Musk. By the way, when you think where you were in your career and where he was in his, yeah. and how he swiftly overtook you. Um, but yeah. uh, it's interesting. It's one of those how things. How you go up you in get... a rocket while also making tens of thousands of uh, electric cars? You know what I mean? I know. Like I, know. I can't make a cup of tea while checking my emails. You I'm know? sure you can. I'm sure you can. <laughs> uh, let's talk to you about one of your heroes of lockdown, Joe Wicks. You opened the book with two quotes, one from Nietzsche, one from Joe Wicks, uh, from Frederick Nietzsche. In times of peace, the warlike man attacks himself from Joe Wicks. Never easy, Burr Peace. Never easy. Uh, which was the most useful to you under lockdown? I'm, I'm suspecting the, the, Joe. The Wicks by far. Yeah. Of course. But, but, of course. Yeah, how, uh, he, he's the one more than anything else. Who, who made the whole experience uh, not just bearable, but actually self-improving. I started, you know, I'd always had this fantasy, you know, at, in the last what, 10 or 15 years ago, like, one day I'm going to get fit, like one day, not now, maybe I'll take a couple of weeks <laughs> off and go to a health farm. One day I'll sort yeah, it all not out. Now. Not yeah, now. Not now, maybe <laughs> in a few months. Uh, and then in lockdown, when the first Joe Wicks workout took place, my wife alerted me to it. And we all got out there as a family, me and the three boys and my wife. And we did it. And I thought, well, that was, you know, keeps you busy. We weren't leaving the house. And, um, and then I did it the next day. My wife stopped doing it. Uh, my kids sort of stopped doing it intermittently. But I kept at it more or less five or six days a week. I did it yesterday. I haven't done it yet today, but I will do it. And discovered that um, I felt not so, you know, not only did I sort of physically look and feel better, but mentally I found it like a huge sort of ch charge, like an enormous positive, um, you know, the, the positive effects on my outlook and my temperament were immense and, um, and kept up with it. And, and I'm not going to say I'm ripped. It's not for me to say, but people <laughs> say that I look better. And um, it, and I'm, 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 it's such a temptation because I said at the beginning, like I tweeted, I'm going to come out of lockdown like a prisoner coming out of the hole with a yep. six pack and a bad attitude. And now I feel like I've got my six pack and a positive attitude. And, I'm, I, and every day I think, I wonder if I should tweet myself like with my shirt off, showing off my six pack. And then I think, no, that's not who you are, Louis. Stop it. You're not one of Maybe. those people. Maybe it is. Maybe that's who you really are. Maybe you've discovered the real you. Maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe. Okay. Um, it's funny because I've been here like uh, for 10 days now and I've, I usually run every day, but I haven't been running at all because I can't, because not that out. Um, so I've, I've adopted this a little, or fashioned this little exercise regime and I actually feel fitter now yeah. than I have after my years and years of running because it's a different kind of fitness. You do these little, it's very Joe Wicks-esque. Wick I've got my pull-up bars that I nicked off my wife yeah. on the frame of my bathroom just over my left shoulder here. I've got a little power plate, vibrating power plate that I bought 17 years ago and haven't used until uh, this week can last in the in the um in the garage i do feel uh entirely different how many pull-ups can you do i, I can't do any <laughs> I can't do any, but i can hang no i can't <laughs> i can't do any i can do i can do like three or four if i swing my legs a bit but i think that's cheating <laughs> <laughs> I can have a go now. Um, I can have a go now. Have but a I go. Won't. I think I no. could do. I think I could do three pull-ups. That's, pull -up that's what you want to tweet. You want to tweet that video, that little TikTok. Do you think so? Maybe oh, I will. Yeah, man. See, and also if you pull-ups, if you boomerang it right, uh, you only have to do one. Look, you could do. It looks like you're doing a thousand. You're right up there yeah, with David. That's Goggins. a good point. That's a good. It's a, it's a, I think I could do four. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say four, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I set myself the challenge. I'm gonna put that on social media today. Do you have a pull-up bar? I do. It's still in its box. I asked for it one Christmas. Oh. 
Uh, one Christmas said, get me a pull-up bar. Then I'll get fit. Then, and then they're one so day I'll clever. get fit. And they're then so I clever. They're so clever. Well, you think, they, how is this, this going to hold my weight if I just sort of sort of took it under um, the bedroom, the, the door frame from, one, from my bedroom through to the yeah. bathroom? Is this going to work? Is the whole house going to come tumbling down? And it just, the, the, end, the science behind it, the engineering, the design, phenomenal, Louis. Is phenomenal. It? You put it in a doorway, right? And then it, yeah. it kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hangs on. I've got to have That's to find you do. that. Yeah, That's yeah. What you do. Um, if you, if you've lost it, I'm going to send you one as a present because I, I I want to pull up, brother. I want to pull up, brother. They can't necessarily. Pull I want up. to get you to do your first <laughs> real pull up. I, I want to. I, I want to be your motivator. That, okay. that's the key is like with Joe Wicks. He's like he's such a good. Um, his his enthusiasm is is infectious. Yeah, he's a great sort of fitness buddy to have on your telly. Our our kids did that every morning, nine o'clock, bang, as he's smashing all those world records. Talking of world records, I think, and I don't know because I've not checked this out, and that's remiss of me, especially talking to somebody who is renowned for their for their assiduous research. But did you do you think maybe perhaps you set the world record for number of bikes stolen during lockdown as well? Okay, good point. Yeah, I think I had. Well, I don't know if I set the record. I had two stolen, and I'd had one stolen or maybe two stolen the previous six months. So they yeah. weren't all in lockdown. I look at it as a sort of charitable endeavor. If someone <laughs> wants to steal my bike that badly, they must right. really need it. Like That's how I console myself. You know, so it's a bit nice like when you, you get a parking ticket and you think, well, you know what? It's going to the council, and they are very underfunded. <laughs> and uh, so, oh, it's it, it's annoying. And and also, since then, I've I've, I've I've I can't actually. It's obviously not totally selfless on my part because since then, I've got a better lock, and I've had the same bike for about a year now. So obviously, mm. I've, I've I've staunched the wound. But for a while, I did. I sort of was operating a one-man charity scheme of donating bikes t- to thieves. I wonder if you're being targeted, if it was the same person again, he's, he's going to do it again. He's going to buy a brand new bike again. He's going to not lock it properly. And uh, I'm having... It could well be. Funny. It happened twice in Soho and once in Shepherd's Bush. And and I think in the Soho one was so weird because I'd only been in, the, in an office for 45 minutes and I came out and I thought I was going crazy. You know, I, the embarrassing part is you spend half an hour just thinking like, well... I'm sure I locked it here, but maybe it was over here. And then you wander around and it dawns on you gradually that, um, no, it's just been, it's been tea-leafed. Although I have, I'm a you know, keen cyclist of a sort of, you know, getting to and from work sort, um, going back many, many years. And, and um, it's quite a common thing in my past to forget. I don't know if you've ever had this, of forgetting where you've actually, not having it stolen, but actually losing it, forgetting where you locked it up. And then weeks later, Walking down some back street in the West End of like, that looks like a familiar bike. No, have you yeah. really done that? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. Like, that's, that's funny. My bike. Yeah, that's I've done funny. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talking to Soho, there's a lovely bit in in the book about Soho. You go you go to Soho with your friend, your wife, um, and your friend Sharon, um, and uh, you go out for dinner, and your wife says to you, "It's a case of, do you think you were?" It's funny how we've all reacted, responded uh, to to the effects of, of subconscious effects of, of COVID-19 on us. And your wife says to you, either you're trying too hard to be funny yeah. or yeah. you're just trying to be too funny or maybe a combination of both. You're trying too hard to be funny. And it was because right. it was it was it was the writer, Sharon Horgan, who I hadn't met before. And he's hugely talented. And, you know, she's an actor as well. Yeah, she's amazing. And, and I got the, I, I get quite um, when I meet someone famous who I admire. I, for, uh, for the first time, I, I get 
I, you know, like a lot of people, like I'm impressed by talented, famous people. And, 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 um, and so I, I, I have a habit. So my wife tells me, and I'm, sh I'm sure she's right. I go into slightly manic mode of, of trying a bit too hard to be funny. So Nancy, my wife called me up on As soon as Sharon had gone off to do something and she said, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just you know, trying, to, trying to be funny. She said, just be normal. And I said, well, this is my new normal. My new normal is me being manically unfunny. I, I love the fact you tried to, because it's really annoying for me that, because you are very, very funny. And it's, it seems so natural. I love the fact that you were, you sometimes you over try. It makes me feel a lot better. Let me tell you. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. That's, um, that, yeah. I know we only, we only have you for half an hour, um, which I was disappointed with because basically I've made a note on every page and every page there's a talking point, a conversation that I could have with you. Uh, it's great. We're talking to Louis Theroux for the last few minutes about his It's a brilliant book. I Honestly, Louis, I think this is this is, has number one in the Sunny Times bestseller list written wow, all over it. And I, re I really mean it. It's fantastic. Theroux the Keyhole, Diaries of a Grounded Documentary Maker, Louis Theroux. I was going to talk to you about your epilogue, which is gorgeous and sensitive, and you talk about your wife and how you sort of re-fell in love with her, not that you weren't in the first place but for completely different reasons i feel exactly the same way about my family and my situation i feel so blessed i feel so lucky lucky than than i ever thought I, I was in the first place and i felt pretty lucky to begin with but if you don't mind louis do you have a copy of your book there yes i do yes i do it's right here can, can you do me a favor can we finish this interview and i'll say goodbye now um and thank you very much and well done on the book it's awesome thank you thank um, you can we just finish the interview with you reading Thursday, the 2nd of July, because it's beautiful. Thursday, the 2nd of July. Okay, yeah. wow, that's awesome. I don't even know what happened on Thursday, the 2nd of July. Okay. Well, pull up a chair, everyone. Um, here we go. So, Thursday, the 2nd of July. You, okay, ready? Should I just go for it? Yeah, just, just thank you very much indeed. Um, this has been thank Louis Theroux. Uh, Louis Theroux, through the keyhole. The news is next. Off you go. Thursday, the 2nd of July. Nancy had a socially distanced book group at a friend's house. I put Ray down. Dad, you have to always breathe, otherwise you'll die, right? Right. Then I said, what if you forget to breathe? Yeah, or if you say a really long word. Good point, I said. Like, he said. I guess you just have to be careful, I said. Dad, what is it when you crack the system? What do you mean? On The Incredibles, they crack the system. It's like solving a puzzle. You figure out the solution. Oh, I thought it was like they broke it. Well, they didn't break it. They figured it out. We read a book about being chased by a bear. Good night, Ray. Dad, I don't want to go to school. Oh, why not? I don't want to grow up. Well, it's not until Monday, so that's still four days away. Dad, I don't want to be six. I want to be five or four. You've got plenty of time to not grow up. Look at Arthur and Jack. They're much older and they're still young. Right, time to sleep. I tucked him in, thinking about him not wanting to grow up, hoping that it meant he was happy as he was and wanted to pause his life and enjoy the simple pleasures of a five-year-old forever. There we are, the oh-so-wise and terribly funny Louis Theroux. 
If you've enjoyed this conversation, then please do rate and review it because um, the naysayers love to get a one star on the board. And frankly, it's entirely unhelpful um, to uh, our cause. So please do rate and review, share it with a friend um, and uh, enjoy more How To Wild podcasts. There are loads of them available from wherever you get yours. But you know that because you got this one. Bye.